0: Unencumbered by political correctness, undeterred in her mission to spread the truth, unafraid to be a true conservative, she's unapologetic, uncompromising, unwavering, and an undeniably powerful voice when we need it most. This is Rose Unplugged.
1: This episode of Rose Unplugged is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. You know what? Right now, Mike and his employees at MyPillow want to thank my listeners for all of your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock, clearance, and new product sale. It's everything, right? Basically. For the best prices ever when you use promo code ROSE. You get free shipping on the entire order. Get 50% off of MyPillow 2.0. Also get 50% off the brand new Flannel Sheets. That just arrived and won't last long. Six-pack towel sets for only $29.98. And take advantage of the free shipping on larger items. I mean, come on, usually you'd be paying a lot of money to ship this. But the larger items, like the mattresses and mattress toppers, 100% made in the USA, on sale now for as low as $99.99 and free shipping. Go to MyPillow and use promo code ROSE and you get free shipping on the entire order. MyPillow.com, promo code ROSE. This is a portion of the interview that Jeffrey Lord and I did with Ellen Dershowitz when I sat in for Sean Hannity. My name is Rose and this is Jeffrey Lord also sitting in with me today. We've got some great guests coming up and back. We've got one on the line right now.
2: And that would be the great professor emeritus from Harvard Law School, Alan Dershowitz. How are you?
0: Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks for calling me.
2: I am great. You know, what people may not realize is that uh, I first met Alan over when we were at CNN, and we both managed to survive, did we not?
0: (laughs) Well, I've been canceled by CNN. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah,
2: join the the club. (laughs) Well, uh, Alan, uh, we wanted to get you on here to talk about uh, you have a brand new book out in which startles me as somebody who writes, the, the title of the book is called War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism, and it you began it after October 7th. Years and years ago, I saw a survey of high school or college American kids, and the question, one of the questions they were asked is, when was Lyndon Johnson president? And the answer they came up with was the Civil War. Which is to say they were utterly uninformed about some of the basics of American history. And I am thinking, man, all of these kids on these college campuses that are out there celebrating Hamas, etc., and, and saying terrible things about Israel, have absolutely no idea about the history of Israel.
0: Well, thanks. A lot of these kids don't know the difference between Palestine and Palisades. Amen. They wouldn't be able to identify which river or which sea. They don't want Jews between Um, They don't realize that when you say clean, clean the Jews out of the Middle East, they're echoing what the Nazis said about dirty Jews. They don't realize that they're Hitler youth, that they are doing the same thing that brought Hitler to power, that brought the Ayatollahs to power, that brought uh, Stalin to power. And they were all brought to power by students, by, by useful idiots who were manipulated by the professional revolutionaries.
1: You know, Mr. Dershowitz, one of the things that strikes me is that when we talk about history, what I think is very interesting is that you see the youth today, the Jewish youth, and they have the benefit of knowing what their history is. And they have been pretty outspoken and very courageous. I'm thinking of the young students that spoke and testified during the hearings on the Hill. I love seeing that. Has that touched you to see how bold and courageous they are, knowing that they're being called out on campuses and even threatened on campuses because of their faith?
0: They are the heroes. Uh, These are kids who know their grades will suffer. They know their recommendations will suffer. They know their friendships will suffer if they support Israel, but they're doing it. Nonetheless, and uh, you know, then there's an organization called the Jewish Voice for Peace, which ought to be indicted for fraud. It's not Jewish. Uh, most of the members are not Jewish. They just use the term Jewish Voice for Peace. They're a bunch of revolutionaries. We used to call them. They used to be communists. Uh, they would follow the Soviet uh, line. They call for revolution against the United States, but they very cleverly adopted a new name: uh, the Jewish Voice for Peace. They're not Jewish. Fortunately, they have a very low voice, and they're certainly not for peace. But there are some real Jews, people like Norman Finkelstein, uh, who are anti-Semites. Um, people forget that uh, uh, there have been anti-Semites who have been Jews throughout throughout history. That doesn't mean you believe anything. They say Gertrude Stein nominated Hitler for the Nobel Peace Prize. And- oh and turned in Jewish children to the Gestapo. My God. Uh, So, you know, there there are Jews who are just horrible, horrible people. Uh, But the vast majority of Jewish kids on campus have been standing up to this unbelievable bigotry, this anti-Semitism that calls for wiping out the Jews. And and Harvard's president couldn't even get up the courage to say, although we condemn and we punish people for microaggressions against uh, African-Americans or gays— we don't know whether we would punish anybody for calling for the genocide against Jews. That depends
1: on context. What kind of context? <laughs> oh, my God. I know. that was. Un- How do you feel now about your Harvard?
0: I feel awful. I just wrote a letter to the Harvard Crimson a critiquing gay and just got an email back. Sorry, we refused to publish it. This is the Harvard yeah. Crimson. Wow. Claims to be an independent paper right. from a professor who's been at Harvard for 60 years, and they won't publish my— answer to another professor's defense of gay. Professor Charles Freed wrote a legalistic defense of gay saying, well, she's right about context. That's what the Supreme Court said. And I wrote a letter saying, wait a minute, what about the broader context of she's been in charge of censoring and canceling people for microaggressions? How could she have first discovered the First Amendment when it applies to Jew haters. So I wrote a letter, and she, they refused to publish it.
2: Wow. You know, I, I was, uh, as probably some, a, a lot of Americans were, startled to see all these protests and the anti-Semitism pouring through. But I know enough history, and I, and I wanted to repeat this tale for our audience who may not be familiar with it. In the 1930s, there was a guy named Fritz Kuhn who was the head of the German-American Bund. And he was pro-Hitler. And in 1939, I looked up the date, it was February of 1939, he held a rally at Madison Square Garden that uh, attracted 20,000 Americans. And there's film of this, black and white film from 1937, 1939 rather, and there are people waving the Nazi swastika and American flags. And there's a big banner of George Washington at the front who was described by Fritz Kuhn as the first fascist. And he goes on to uh, mispronounce Franklin Roosevelt's name to give it a Jewish uh, tone to it.
0: He he used to call it Rosenfeld, yeah. Rosenfeld.
2: And then he referred to the New Deal as the Jew Deal.
0: The Jew Deal. Look, these were people who marched down the street a block away from where I live, Germantown. There were 100,000 Nazis marching on 2nd Avenue and 1st Avenue in the 1930s. And using Washington is the worst uh, uh, kind of misinterpretation of history. Washington was the first president, the first head of state in the world ever to tell Jews that they would be treated equally in America. Washington wrote a letter in handwriting, I have a copy of it on my wall, in which he says to the Jews of Newport, Rhode Island, of bigotry we will know no sanction, of discrimination we will not allow. Jews will be able to sit under their fig trees and pray to their God uh, completely equally. He even says, we know of tolerance no more because tolerance suggests one group allowing another group to be equal. Under the American Constitution, all groups are born equal and are equal under the law. That's George Washington, and yet I don't think a single student uh, demonstrating would know that about Washington. Certainly uh, the Nazis and Kuhns and others right. uh, didn't know that when they praised Hitler along with Gertrude Stein praising Hitler. So, um, you know, we live in very dangerous times. People forget that it was students, young students, who brought the Ayatollahs to power. Remember who took over the American embassy? It was students. Right. Remember who led to the victory of Nazism? Students from the University of Munich, the University of Berlin, Students helped Stalin stay in power, so don't give a pass to students. They may be useful idiots, but they really can, in the end, be uh, a horrible influence on, on on bias and prejudice and, and American democracy.
1: You know, and um, Mr. Dershowitz, I wanted to jump too to something when we were talking about students and some of them not knowing their history, and that's what you see in some of these protests. When you think about—a lot of talk now, again, about the two-state solution, right? Has anyone really stopped it from becoming a two-state solution or preventing a two-state solution? I don't think so. But when you think about it, they don't really want, though, do they, a two-state solution. I think even if you remember what Gaddafi has said in the past, at one time he asked for all—he called for all Jews to be thrown into the sea, Israeli Jews— but at other times, too, he talked about a one-state solution where it was both Palestine and Israel. So there's a lot of history there that these students don't really understand or know about. And when we talk about two-state solutions right now, what are we really talking about? And do they really want that?
0: Hamas' charter is against the two-state. Right. And the Palestine. I sat down with uh, the president of the Palestinian Authority, Abbas, wow. asked him if he would accept a two-state solution in which, Uh, The Palestinians recognized Israel as the nation-state of the Jewish people. And he, to my face, said, absolutely not. There has not been a single sign at any of these demonstrations calling for a two-state solution. That's why I'm appalled when the media calls these demonstrations pro-Palestine. They're not pro-Palestine. They're They're anti-Palestinian state. They're anti-Israel. They're pro-Hamas. They want to see the destruction of Israel. Yeah, they'll say they want a Palestinian state. In all of Israel, from the river to the sea, and they want to clean, clean the Middle East of the dirty Jews that live there. So, no, nobody in these demonstrations is calling for a two-state solution. The people who run the demonstrations are the old communists that used to accept the Soviet Party line. The Soviet Party line supported Israel from 1948 until 19—just before 1967. The moment they turned against Israel, American radicals turned against Israel without thinking about it. If the Soviet Union wanted it, that's what we want. That's what they did. These same people supported the Hitler-Stalin pact. Uh, You know, just people who would follow the party line no matter what it was. And there are still many of them today. The organizers of the demonstrations, they now call themselves Workers' Party, Socialist This, Socialist That. But they're the old-line communists who want to see the United States government overruled, overthrown. And they will attach themselves to any cause, whether it's Black Lives Matter whether it's anti-Israel or right. it's anything else, as long as it helps destabilize the United States.
2: One of the things that worries me about the so-called two-state solution is, let's just say, for the sake of the argument, it happened. What's to say that the Palestinian side of it wouldn't do, in essence, what Hamas has done, which is to say build up its uh, weaponry and, and, in essence, declare war against Israel? I mean, I, I, I you know, setting up your enemy that- as your neighbor,
0: that would happen, because if they did a, they did polls, and if you had a Palestinian state now, they would elect Hamas. Um, something like 80 percent of the people in the West Bank supported what Hamas did on October 7th, only 70 percent in Gaza. Why? Because the people of Gaza knew that if Hamas did this, they would have to pay the price for it. But the people in the West Bank are just laughing and cheering. Uh, like Norman Finkelstein said, it warms every part of his heart to see these arrogant Israelis butchered, murdered, raped, robbed, you know, um, you name it. Uh, on on, on, the, on October 7th, in the midst of these barbarities, uh, Norman Finkelstein supported them. The National Lawyers Guild supported them. Uh, the um, 33 groups at Harvard supported them. The Harvard Crimson essentially supports them. And so you see this is very, very widespread. this is before Israel fired a single shot.
1: You know what? We only have a little more than a minute left. But real quick, if you could, because one of the things you talk about in your book is if if this if our relationship, the United States relationship with Israel, is it still strong? And can you really, really depend on America uh, intervening or just continuing its strong support? You have about a minute to answer that.
0: The Democratic Party is moving away from Israel at its extreme side, and uh, it's a big worry uh, for people who are Democrats and who love Israel, and nobody knows uh, whether the support will continue or the support will weaken. And if uh, Americans have to realize that Israel is fighting for America there, because if Hamas succeeds in Israel— It's coming to a theater near you. There's no doubt that they will also succeed in bringing their terrorists to the United States. They've already brought some of them into Europe. They've been arrested. But there are Hamas sympathizers all over the United States, and Hamas sympathizers are the enemies of America.
1: Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you.